0: Hello, horror fans. It's me, Cassandra and Zane and Kylie. And we are the Horrorcraft Podcast. After a two week hiatus, we are back to continue Love Hurts. And we are doing a completely different movie tonight. We're doing the 1999 cinematic masterpiece that is The Mummy, featuring Brendan Fraser, Arnold Vaslou, Rachel Wise, and Odetta Ferrer along with so many others john hannah included but um it's not your straightforward horror movie even though it has um obviously beginnings going back to boris karloff uh who was obsessed with this movie growing up yep uh single-handedly gave me the love for ancient egyptian culture so yep. um, I think it is probably one of the few perfect blends of horror, action, romance, history, like mystery. Ish. Yeah, it's got it all. So, um, but this is a different type of deep dive. So, buckle up, grab your cats, friendly. Say grab because you know, emotep Doesn't like cats because cats are the guardians of the underworld. Um, Grab your cat. Don't read from the book, and let's get in this airplane and get this started. Cue the music. All right, we are back. So we were talking about the 1999 Mummy movie, which is currently. Uh, currently, and when I say currently, at this moment when we're filming, I cannot say otherwise. Once you listen to this episode, streaming services have been wild lately, they've messed up all kinds of plans for the Horror Cry podcast. They don't consult with us. The only person who consults with us, at least gives us a little warning, lets us know from the bottom of their heart, is Tubi. Tubi, we love you. We love you. Yeah, we love you. there you go it hurts <laughs> <laughs> um but currently it is streaming on hulu um the first and seconds along with i think the scorpion king uh movie but we are focusing on the original um this is a mainstay for a lot of 90s babies um 90s early 2000s this was that movie Um, I know for me, I could think of tons of moments where in my life, it was just on in the background. Like I watched it so much. I literally, we literally had a TV and DVD player in our bathroom that you could like pull down and watch while you were in, we had like a jacuzzi tub and tell me why I would literally watch the mummy while taking a bath. That's, that's just the level I was on with the mummy apparently but it was just it was just one of those movies that just makes you relax which kind of says something about my childhood i feel like i might need to unpack that in therapy a little bit but it'll be okay it's fine it's fine so but it's fine zane, for now zane i know because we've been friends for over a decade now um that you kind of Don't do that math <laughs> i know let's, let's just, uh, we did it but just glide over it. Just glide over it. Gloss uh, over it. Gloss over it. It's fine. Um. So uh, you kind of had a similar experience growing up. I did. So I remember
1: distinctly remembering having the Mummy and the Titanic on VHS, and that was like the cool thing. And when we first got um the Mummy, I'm like, "Mommy, what's the mo- the Mummy about?" And I literally thought it said mommy so I mean um, fair right and the UK they call their their mother mom so I just put them me at the end
0: right. I feel I feel like it kind of had a big cultural impact especially living in Ohio oh yeah you don't see a lot and it kind of, I know for me, like, afterwards, like, I had all the ancient Egyptian books. I went even further. I want to know about ancient Greece, ancient Rome, the Greece, Mayans.
1: Rome, Mayans. Uh, yeah. Just everywhere.
0: Yeah. I remember distinctly, I got so frustrated. I did, like, a six-week course where I tried to learn Arabic because I really wanted to learn. I wanted to learn because I was going to Egypt and I needed to learn. <laughs> And my I wasn't on that level my my brain could <laughs> not handle my brain could not handle it. So one of these days, maybe I will you know, get that that level of you know, just, but I was committed. So it wasn't even for that. I just I was like, this is just so cool. Like they have such a unique history and culture, and I just wanted to know so much more. Because I just didn't want to be one of those Speaking stupid of Americans like Jonathan says in the movie. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be, you know, cultured and cool. <laughs> um, Kylie, what's your first memories of this movie?
2: Um, it was, like, always on in the background. Always on in the background, especially at my dad's house. Um, I, rewatching it as as an adult was a lot different and a lot better.
0: Yeah, you p- you pick up on a lot more. Like there's base level stuff that I feel like like I th- I just had a conversation with Brayden about like, you know, you watched Five Nights at Freddy's. I think you could probably watch the mummy movie. Um I think it'll be okay. And Brayden also is interested in ancient Egypt, like independently of not being exposed to the mummy. So I'm like, "Oh, this might work." But um I feel like it's you, you kind of pick up on the deeper layers and you do have more sympathy for characters than you think you did um, beforehand so unpopular opinion slash poll uh, Rick or Imhotep Imhotep and it's a really hard pick
2: and I pick both I know. Yeah,
0: I take mine back. Both. Growing up, Rick. Mm
2: -mm.
0: Yes. Yes. Now, (laughs) Imhotep. Growing up, you're almost embarrassed that that you kind of find him attractive, which is crazy because Arnold Vosloo was one of the oldest at that time on the cast and
1: compared to
0: and cementing
1: my type in men
0: (laughs) i mean and he just looks uh first of all i have a real problem with people like coming after him for playing the mummy in this movie like doubting his heritage because he's south african so i mean i feel that's that's just wrong like it you know we, we can't just keep typecasting certain, like, that, uh, Egypt was a rich and colorful, like, nation that could, was comprised of, like, a lot of different ethnicities. It was the
1: melting pot of Northern Africa.
0: Yeah. Right, like, you had different
1: cultures. You had uh, Grecian influence. You had Roman influence. You I had mean,
0: so much, I mean, and it's just... It's so different, but I think what hits harder now as an adult is you understand more deeply this yearning he has to be whole. Like he has really endured the worst of the worst to love the person that he loves. And he is so incensed by this. Like, um, it almost reminds me in a way Of something that Ambrose said about Dracula. Like with Dracula, imagine having the person you love being rebuked by God and being told, like, yes, you went out and you slayed this whole entire empire, but your beloved is not getting into heaven because she killed herself, even though it was a repercussion of what you just went out and did. Kind of the same way with Imhotep. Like Imhotep. He and Anax and a moon did not expect, I think, we don't really get a full understanding. Like we see in the second movie, maybe a little bit more, but we don't understand like fully like how long this had been going on. But, you know, Anax and a moon, it kind of has no choice but to be the Pharaoh's wife. Like that's the kind of the position she was put in and she loves him and they both love each other. And then he has to watch her kill herself in order to be free and then you know dares to go and like go against everything he stood for to bring her back only to be cursed in the world like we think Dracula has it bad like Imhotep went through it like he was eaten alive and they don't talk about it in the movie but I was reading this behind the scenes but like the reason why his Uh, corpse was like juicy as they called it is because they kept putting scarabs in there to eat him like he would eat the scarabs to stay alive and then they would keep going back and putting them in there Mm -hmm. so I mean and he had to survive like the whole mummification process like having being disemboweled alive like that's pretty up there and you know they kind of that this is what we get into when we're talking about a horror movie so this is not we would it's definitely straight say, cut. yeah this is not a straight cut like this is more of like what you would think of a fantasy a crossover like this is melding the first one obviously comes from the great Boris Karloff it's in the 1930s 1940s uh, we have him playing Im- Imhotep ends up. It's funny because Artith Bay is actually the name, I think at least Artith is the name that Boris Karloff's character goes under as a curator when he comes back to life. Um, but that's more horror. This is fleshed out in a way where it blends so much, but that first opening scene that we really see where he's going through like the curse and he's getting buried alive and stuff, that is true horror at its peak like having to pay for the repercussions of your actions in the worst way possible like i don't know about you guys but growing up that like that stayed in my brain like like he really fucked around and found out
1: yeah basically yep that's uh, one of the origin of yeah really fuck
0: around and
2: find out <laughs> I mean can you yeah you can't blame him for like he's mad you can't blame him for being mad he's got every reason to be mad
0: no and I feel like we could kind of agree that either way you look at the story whether you're on his side you're on Rick and Evelyn's side there's no wrong answer in that Um, Mm-mm. because the, the way that they really made this move I mean I said cinematic masterpiece in the beginning. I truly believe that because it's a movie that I think resonated with so many people. I mean, that's why so many of us, when Brendan Fraser was coming back onto the scene last year, were rooting for him because we we grew up with him. You know, he was our comfort person. We really loved and respected him, especially as this character, because he was this human being that you saw really go through this period where he was flawed you know he goes from being this soldier to then being in prison to then you know going back to the place that caused the trauma in the first place and having to go through all this and the second movie you know he has to go through the same thing over again where now he's not only you know losing at the possibility of losing his wife but his child at this point like everything that he's built So I think for so many of us, we connected with him and not just in this movie, but all the movies that he did as we were growing up. But I think we all go back to like, he's that just like character we grew up with and we just want to see him like, keep going. Like we want to, we want to, we want more, we want more Brendan Fraser, like people, Hollywood take notice. Brendan Fraser is our spirit animal. Okay. He is our sloth. You know, he's that lovable creature that we all love and root for. Um, for me, it's more like bat. I always root for the bats. But he is that one character that us. Yeah. Um Kylie's a cheetah by her print down below. So yes. uh, but he's that one person that we really root for because we just, you know, he gave us so many characters. But this one, we just feel like he's that person that like raised us like he was there for a lot you know for a lot of us this was a comfort movie growing up it still is so um I really I'm glad to see that he's doing more now and I'll tell you what Hollywood you mess with him again you're on notice so (laughs) that got aggressive but I just I love him and I feel like they put him through so much like the industry put him through so much unnecessary crap and I really just feel like just let him Justice. Justice
1: for Brandon
0: Brandon Fraser. Fraser. Yeah. Period. 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 mm. (laughs) That was the Horrorcraft Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And as I die, I approve that message. So. (laughs) Uh, But so to briefly summarize this movie, um, if you haven't watched it. Where have you been? <laughs> I mean, some people didn't. I mean, I remember distinctly some people that I grew up with. Their parents were just like, no. Like, it's about death and dying. No. It's really not that bad. And I remember thinking. boo-hoo And I remember thinking, my mom, who hates Kung Fu Panda, watches this movie. Like. What do you want? I
1: think we all grew up, the ones that did grow up with this movie, kind of, you can see a pattern maybe in your dating type that you're mostly attracted to or that your secret admirer might be that you're imagining is basically the cast of The Mummy.
0: Oh, yeah. It's that meme of my sexual preference Mm -hmm. is is very much
1: true
0: of the two uh the 1999 mummy i i'll be honest like especially as a woman watching evelyn o'connell that's the first time i really think i found a woman beautiful like because she was just this like they made her out to be this wallflower character but that's what made her so much more endearing to us is she was beautiful the whole time And I I hate the, like, the idea that they, like, bring up, like, oh, well, Rick only liked her when she really, like, you know, they get in the accident and she kind of dusts herself off and makes herself over. I think he liked her the whole time for who she was. He liked, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think he saw her for who she really was and he just fell deeper and deeper in love with her and like basically having her taken away from him and having to come back and fight for her I think that's like listen I'm not going to fuck around anymore like this right. is for me like I don't care if I leave here with nothing if I leave here with her I have everything um, and I think that's something that we all kind of like resonate is you know thinking or having the world see us in the worst possible light but finding that other person who sees us as the person we are, regardless, the whole entire time. And then it being that whole moment of this person has loved me through every possible phase that I am. So I think this is why we're talking about it with love hurts, because you have two very different sides of the spectrum. You have this obsessive, almost destructive love with a knocks and a moon and Imhotep but then with Rick and Evie it's this love of I, I I've loved I you I no matter all. yeah I've loved you no matter who you are and I will love you no matter who you are and I'll fight for you no matter what um so I I think it's which couple would you guys root for I I'm attracted to Imhotep but Rick and Evie for me end game. If I could take the pros from
1: each relationship, like have the intense romance, but in a healthy way, Mm -hmm. and the unconditional love put together, I think that would be a good mix. That's what I'm just thinking.
0: No, I like that. I like that. I like it a lot, Picasso. Picasso. Um, Kylie, what about you?
2: I'm going to have to go with Rick and Evie because, I mean, yeah, Emotep and Anux too, like, yeah, that's hot, but I'm sorry, I'm not killing myself from nobody. I don't care how much I love you and how much we cannot be together. I'm not doing it.
0: Well, not only that, Mm -hmm. but, like, spoiler alert, in the second movie, that scene where she runs away from him Mm -hmm. as he's, like, in the worst bleeding. position possible and like he's done all of this for her that is so heartbreaking I just listen I felt really bad for Emotep oh, when uh, your heart just he, breaks he, and he just looks over at
1: Evie and Rick and then Rick. he's just
0: like done. and he's just
1: like you can tell he wished that he had someone like that. And then when he realized, oh hey, they're not gonna help me, fuck it. I'm just swan diving.
0: I'll tell you what, when that bitch trips the next scene though and gets eaten alive, I laugh oh,
1: I laughed my
0: ass off. I'm like karma is a bitch and you just lost. <laughs> but no, but I <laughs> I fully agree. Uh listen, this is gonna be an unpopular opinion, okay? But if you've ever stumbled across on TikTok, there's a bunch of different people that do this, but um, there's some people that I follow that are polyamorous and they talk about like movie scenarios where would poly- polyamory like solve this? I feel like if Imhotep would have just like looked at Rick and Evie, understood the chemistry, and then be like, hey, I help really, and I can help you. I really <laughs> fucked up my life because of this person. Do you guys need a third? I feel like then it would have been a happy ending. Like then he wouldn't have gotten his heart broken because, you know, him and Rick, they could go fight and do all kinds of crazy stuff. And then, you know, Eve- they could share Evie. I don't know if that would work because Rick doesn't look like the person that w- would share. Rose, no, is not, that no, he's not. No, <laughs> he does he's not, not
2: sharing. Share well. He does not no. show well with others. <laughs> but, he's you know,
0: says sharing is not caring. But listen, maybe he could like clone Evie. Like maybe, you know, he's got some like voodoo powers. Maybe he could just like do 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 and make Evie a twin.
2: Well, let me find out. There's some way to clone somebody in some witchy witch stuff. Right. It's like fact l- check. We need a,
1: a fact check on that. It's called mandrake dolls, and you don't want to fuck with them.
0: No, you don't. <laughs> um... So I really was interested. I was kidding. I was kidding. I was I kidding. Wasn't. I didn't take it that way. Zane just did a Mary <laughs> fact check. Mary, we love you. We Mary, love you. We miss, you. We love we you. miss, we miss you. you. Your fact checks are still here. Love. Yes. Um, but uh I so in in spirit of fact checks, before we get in the summary, I did want to check and see if the whole reason why they couldn't be together in the first place was because priests in ancient Egypt couldn't marry. Well, they could. They were technically considered like gods. So I almost wonder if it was a situation where they were already set in motion in these two positions.
1: So from my understanding, it was because she was already married to... Yeah. The uh Pharaoh that I don't think they were. And she yet. was she had ink yeah. all, up and on her arms yeah. not be touched by another man.
0: She was yeah, she was betrothed. So, like she was I think the whole like idea was she was selected and she had to be put through her paces, and that's how the two of them met. And then, like, I feel like if that hadn't have been the case, then they would have been together. But then I, there would be no money. I feel
1: like if they, if she wouldn't have killed herself, she would have gotten either stripped of all of her training. Because if you see in the second movie, she trained alongside the princess—one to protect the amulet, the other—not amulet, but the bracelet. Yeah. Yeah, I. It was, it's complicated and there's so many different possible, like she could have gotten the hum die. Yeah. She chose death over that.
0: Yeah. She chose her own way for freedom, but it just kind of makes you like think like if they had actually, if she hadn't killed herself and they had actually been found out would the way that she ends up choosing her own demise and basically kind of rebuking Imhotep's love in the second one, if that would have been the same case to begin with. So it's it's kind of sad because it's like, would this have been the same consequence the whole entire time? Like you pined after this person, you loved them and they thought that you loved, they loved you. You went through all of this, but in the end it wasn't enough. I mean,
1: I think in that situation that she panicked when she realized how real the situation was. And she's like, I don't think I can deal with this. And she fled. She had fight or flight and she left.
0: I feel like she would have had fight or flight at a different moment, though. There was so much shit happening in the second movie. Like, you pick that time to fly. Like, if you were going to do that, I would have done it with those pygmy motherfuckers. Like,
1: I mean, I think, I think this. When they, when Emil Tap in the second movie brought back a Nuxinamoon spirit into Right. Into her. her, I I think the original person had was
0: starting
1: to get those feelings and then a next
0: moon came in and it was like mm, no, not quite maybe and not then left <laughs> damn it will happen it's it's okay we're here to comfort you it's so fine. but if you haven't seen this movie please stop go to hulu watch it come back and converse with us but essentially this movie is about the worst possible scenario you could think of which is where you go on a date
1: and you end up being a sacrifice for an ancient person
0: <laughs> i mean kind of low-key but um you know the whole crux of this is we meet imhotep as he is a priest him and an and moon have a forbidden love affair they get found out she ends up killing herself he thinks that he can bring her back he gets stopped by the magi which is the The Pharaoh's elite warriors and um, he suffers the worst punishment possible and it is I mean they show it in the most PG-13 way possible but just the the mental image of like that shit really went hard like in the few seconds that you see it that shit really went hard like they actually had I will fact check this at the end but I think they actually had to take parts of it out Um, in order to meet the PG 13. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So, uh, but we then fast forward and we meet at Evie, um, and she's a bit of a klutz, um, which same girl, same, same, Uh, same. I relate with that. But, um, she is a woman who is just really trying to be taken seriously. She loves her family, loves her culture, loves, um, being a scholar and she kind of gets shit on for it. Um I mean if you think about every 90s, every
2: single chance that, she gets like people shit on her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean for the time period it kind of tracks because they you know they weren't taking women seriously especially a woman scholar and someone especially an
1: archaeologist aspiring archaeologist yeah Yeah, and and it was a man's job back yeah
0: so but her brother jonathan who is a bit of a con artist um comes in and tells her that he has found the key to hamanatra and um yeah it's kind of shady because she's like well where'd you find that well, that's when we get introduced to Rick because he takes it off of Rick as Rick is getting carted away to jail. Um, and he is in the process of getting hanged when they see him. So she has to make a deal with the warden to get him from not being hanged because he is one of one of the very few people who know where actual Hamunaptra is. Um, which is the City of the Dead. Um, And so they embark on a quest. Him, Evie, uh, and they're just a motley crew. They run into another set of individuals, uh, Americans, who are also trying to find Hominaksha, who are led by Rick's old friend, Benny, who um, kind of is a coward, like professional coward. So-
1: Benny kind of reminds me of a cowardly version of Mr. Bean.
0: Oh my god yes. <laughs> like the scene where he's like he meets Imhotep like just to jump forward a little bit and he's got all the crosses and he's like praying in the different land and finally like he gets to one that Imhotep's like oh yeah 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 okay you could work the, for yeah. the
1: language of the slaves I think is yeah. what he said.
0: Yeah. yeah. So um but uh that we get introduced to the Medjai, who basically kind of fuck up both groups' plans um by capsizing their boats, which leads to the greatest line possible, which is you're on the wrong side of the
2: river. <laughs>
0: oh
1: he goes like look, looks like I have all the horses. <laughs> Guess what, Benny? You're on the wrong side, side of the, of the river.
0: river i just love that so much um so what happens is they they, both groups have to kind of (laughs) improvise um and they have to figure out like how are we going to get there uh the americans go for the horses uh rick evie jonathan and the uh warden they decide to go for the camels um, yeah, that's where we get Evie kind of dressed up in a very, you know, she uh, looks stunning. I mean, she's stunning in this whole thing, like, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. respect on Rachel Weiss's. Like, nobody in this movie looks bad. No, no, I right? think
1: they, I think the casting, whoever did that, is a legend <laughs> because yeah. you, it's such a packed full of just wonderful actors and actresses yeah stunt people and everyone that was working on that was just top
0: tier top tier so um so they make it to hominoptera they kind of um step on each other's toes a little bit and evie's like listen i think i figured this out we're so they decide that they're gonna you know Get from underneath them, like, and pull a fast one. That's when they find dear old Imhotep. While they find Imhotep, the other group finds the Book of the Dead, as long as well as the Canopic jars, which represent Imhotep's organs, um, and its curse. Whoever opens the crate and takes the jars. If the creature comes to life, they're, they're toast. And uh, they had, I think, pressurized
1: um, acid, acid, pressurized acid. So when they open, whoever opened it, not only were you dead upon opening it, even if you survived, you're still screwed.
0: Yeah. And so the Medjai end up attacking because they get too close. To releasing the creature, which of course makes Evie a little curious, and she decides to—you guessed it—read for the book. book. (laughs) And that's when she was
1: curious and she wanted to. And Bravo to her for knowing how to read it. Hello, but I mean, yeah, you don't read from a book that was hiding in underneath a statue um Just saying, it was hiding for a reason.
0: Yeah. So I'm popular. Uh, <laughs> I mean, probably opinion that everyone had is, listen, if Rick and Evie are solid and Rick's not an option, Emotep's not an option, I will definitely ride away any day with Artith Bay. Hmm. Um, which I have some tea on that in a minute so we'll get back to it (laughs) but um, so the creature comes to life which you guessed it the creature is Immotep and he comes after every single person that opened that box and has his Kenobic jars because once he is completed he becomes immortal himself with his powers and immortal Um, so in the uh, tomb in Hapanatra he points Evie out as the person that released him and who he chooses to be kind of the place probably like the body double if we want to say that yeah. for an ox and a moon and um, Rick's like yeah, no dog that's, that's a hard no um, yep. so and we see what happens Um, unfortunately with one of the Americans um, Ricks I think it is um, he takes his tongue and his eyeballs and leaves him so they all get back um, and it's found out that not only did they awaken him but he brings the eight plagues of Egypt with him we see that in the fort when the water turns into blood and literal hellfire is raining down on them. Um if I'm not
1: mistaken. The first one, the with the blood, I think that was all liquid.
0: Yeah, it was all it was water, wine, it was everything. everything but I everything liquid
1: liquidized.
0: I know that what kind of stood out to me most was the fountain. Fountain. You, yeah, because that was like really like. And then you know Rick sees Evie, and that's when the you know everything starts raining down, and um he kind of slowly picks off one by one each person that opened up that chest.
1: And don't forget who is his little sidekick because he was a little wimp, Benny.
0: Benny.
2: Benny. God, Benny.
0: And Benny helps him, and we get some pretty um. Amo Tep is a, a trickster. That whole scene with him, where he turns into the sand and goes through her keyhole when Rick—that was creepy. It was yeah, that cry. was really creepy. Is it, it it's, creepy? It's creepy, but is it also kind of romantic? Like, oh, here you she goes. <laughs> Here she goes there she goes all over again here she goes but I'm just thinking like it's like that he's like a locked door is it like Rick's this big caveman who like slings her over his shoulders and is like locking you in here because he's already set to make you his sacrificial bride and he's like a door's not gonna stop me bro I I'm a literal God <laughs> and just like the sand and psh- um, and yes, yeah, sprinkle, yeah. sprinkle, razzle, dazzle, razzle, dazzle. <laughs> um, but, and one of the biggest things, which I brought Brindley out to see that, um, she's just the one I could carry at this moment. <laughs> so that's why she was here instead of a baby, but, um, she, uh, cats until Imhotep is fully put together. Uh, cats scare him, so we get some really cool scenes of him. Like, Rick is like, Look what I got a kitty! And he, like, know, yeah, that is one of my favorite parts. So, he ends up becoming whole. He kind of convinces Evelyn to sacrifice herself in order to like save everyone else. So, Rick, Artith, and Jonathan take the adventure back to Hominoptera. To save Evie. Um, poor Winston. He doesn't make it. I I love the fact, though, that they gave Winston like his one, you know. uh. And you know what's crazy, Zane, is you were talking about Titanic and the mummy and how those were your two. The character Winston, the actor that plays him, is both in the mummy, obviously, but then in Titanic as well. He is. He yeah. is. He is. So um, they get to Hamunaptra. Imhotep's on his bullshit. He's trying to sacrifice Evie. Um, Ardith and Jonathan and Rick, they have to find the the book of life. The book. Yeah. Yeah. The book of Ra, which is the book of life, um, in order to undo the curse that was put on Imhotep. And um, a whole bunch of action like ensues. Um, We see where Ardith kind of is like save, save Evie. Just I'm going to take care of this. And we think he's done for. Um, Needless to say, Rick, Evie, and uh, Jonathan narrowly escape Amotep's clutches. They save the day. And Benny kind of gets his just desserts. He gets locked in Kamenoptera with all of the scarabs. Yeah. Which had killed previously the warden from the jail. You're on
1: the wrong side of the wall, Benny. (laughs) Uh And in the
0: end we get that great moment where Rick is like, I I thought I almost lost you. And it's like, oh my God. And then when he kisses her and
1: they I think isn't that the first time that they kiss? no Ex- except that one time no. where she was drunk no when he he grabs her and ki- when he's in prison he grabs her and kisses her oh and yeah says, get me the hell out of here
0: yeah <laughs> yeah she she was a little salty about that I mean I would be too she was not happy <laughs> yeah I mean if it was that aggro and I thought I was being used yeah and Ardith makes it which, um, spoiler alert, going into the trivia that we're about to unload. And mind you, we're leaving out a bunch of this. Because I want you to oh, watch yeah. this. I'm not going to explain all this. We're leaving out
1: some good
0: Yeah, I want you to watch commentary. This. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're just
1: adding our own little ADHD moments that we're remembering as we go.
0: <laughs> you know the most shocking thing I found out that literally would have killed my childhood if they had actually done it? Originally, they were going to kill Artith in the end. Like Artith was not going to make it. So
1: Artith, why am uh, I blanking on the face of?
0: He's the Magi? the the oh. so and
1: it's
0: <laughs> so as we were saying, uh, they were going to kill Artith, which I it k- kills me. Because this is his first, like, on-screen role, um, Oded Ferrer's. And he did something. It. Yeah, he did some banger movies after this, too. You know, he comes back for the second one. He gets into the Resident Evil series. Um, he's on Charmed. He's on Once Yay. Upon a Time. Like, yeah. he does a lot. And so, no. No, we don't accept that. No. No. No, no, nope. no, no, nope. no, nope. no. So, into some of the trivia, um, the first one that kind of traumatized me again is Brendan Frazier nearly died during the scene where his character is hanged. Um, Rachel Rice remembers he stopped breathing and they had to resuscitate him, like it actually caused him. Good lord, yeah, so. again that's what makes me so upset because then you go to the third movie by the third movie his like his body was broken from doing all of these stunts and stuff so it just makes me aggravated like you guys expected Brendan Fraser to do all this greatness and then don't appreciate when he falls apart right we love him no matter he could read a dictionary and I would still I would watch it and be like you know what that was great so a
1: masterpiece. Yeah, it so was the
0: ABCs. Yes, so he was actually cast because of his role in *George of the Jungle*. I, yeah, I remember yeah. that
1: movie and him shirtless.
0: He, yeah, he was. Yeah, he, it's funny because um, the I forget who plays with him in *George of the Jungle*. Um, that is Judd Apto's wife. Yeah. Um, she uh went on to talk about even Judge Apatow. they like did an episode. I think it was of like Busy Phillips TV show where she brought Brendan Fraser out to surprise her, and she was like, "I had the hugest crush on you," and he was like, "I know," <laughs> like everyone knew that she had a crush on him, even her husband, and they. It was just she loved him so much. It still does. So same girl, same, same same energy um the original voiceover which is done by OJed ferrer as uh Art Bay, originally was supposed to be from Imatep's voice hmm. i don't i that wouldn't have worked no no i feel like no again ojet ferrer could read me a dictionary and i would say you know what sir good insights like, he's just got that voice. You know what I mean? Like, he, I feel like almost, like, he probably should calm. If you're he listening. He
1: that, that calming.
0: Yeah. He has that calming effect that you just. Yes. Calm needs to reach out to him. And maybe have him, like, read a story. <laughs> Could you imagine if he read, like, Aladdin or something? Because he, you know, obviously he played Jafar oh in Aladdin. Gosh. Could you imagine that, that would, that would be amazing. I mean, I would, I would subscribe. So you're looking for calm. You're looking for a desert of just lusciousness as Zane's background. If well, you kind, kind of, of more that, lush, but <laughs> you get the point. But if you're looking for that, when it comes to mind clarity, Please look at our friends at Magic Mind. Magic Mind is a wonderful product. It is uh, such a boost in the morning. I've talked about this time and time again. Um, It's crazy though, because um, Kylie, you got to try it recently and you love it. Oh, yes. I'm obsessed. (laughs) I love it. And it's just, it's a natural boost. It's got a ton of great things like uh, lion's mane mushrooms, matcha. Um, it's just one of those products that you don't feel like you're dumping a ton of just chemicals, chemicals into your body. Um, and they're so fantastic to us. They've given all of our listeners a unique code um, and a coupon code, which is horrorcraft twenty along with a personalized link that will be in the description of this video where you could go and take a look at it. Um, but I would definitely, um, encourage you to subscribe to a bigger bundle because I know for me, um, getting the smaller pack, which I think is like five of them. Um, it wasn't enough. Nope. <laughs> and enough. if you're part of the ADHD gang, like all of us here at the Horrorcraft Podcast, you sometimes you just need a little boost, a little natural boost as well. So give it a try and tell them at Magic Mind that the Horrorcraft Podcast crew sent you. So um get into that mind oasis. So Moasis. Moasis. Magic Mo-asis. Mind Oasis. So uh thank you, Magic Mind, for partnering with us as always. So um yeah, Calm. He Listen, Oded Ferrer, if you're out there. Hi. We... Hi. <laughs> we, we adore you. We think you We you're love a... you. We love you. We think you're a great actor. Um you killed it in this. You also killed it in the Resident Evil series. I don't care what anyone says. Um but if you could come out with like a Calm or like some kind of sleep app story thing that will help us fall so asleep. There's
1: a app called Calm uh-huh and they have these stories i know that you, that's why i'm
0: talking about oh i'm and saying but you just meant like it's funny because if you I don't go, know where i'm
1: going with this
0: <laughs> if you google um matthew mcconaughey and michael buble michael mm-hmm. buble is married to this beautiful woman and he was on graham norton one time talking about how he lists it his wife would get so mad that he would listen to matthew mcconaughey's voice to go to sleep <laughs> and it, it it's true he has like a whole but like, there's so many people that do that now so a dead for air you need to yeah get on it we can help you <laughs> possibly i don't know listen, listen to this episode and we'll see well yeah right to this episode, we'll see. right um so, with the exception of a loincloth, a few pieces of pa- jewelry and pasties, Patricia Velasquez was nude except for body paint, which took four hours to apply each time. Damn. Commitment. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, the way that Evie fucks up that library, how destructive that looks, it was destructive. That <laughs> was done in one take. It would have been taken an entire day to reshoot if a mistake had been made. So they Mm -hmm. shot that one time, and they had one time only.
2: They killed it.
0: Yeah. So I
1: felt I'm just like oh, I am like every every
0: not the books, and they looked expensive. Like they look like first. Yeah, look like the average like bookshelves. The bookshelves.
1: I'm like
0: I'm like damn, Evie. Yeah, that was crazy, man. man that's that's crazy. like it, every, every library. Time. It's like every library book
2: girl's worst nightmare being at the library and knocking all. Yeah, tell me it's not. And you're just that's standing there like, I can't hide. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> she just stood right in the center and she's like, damn it, I can't hide.
0: <laughs> like, oh, shit, man. I'm fucked. <laughs> um, the Magi. Were originally supposed to be tattooed from head to toe, but director Steven Summers vetoed it because he thought Odette Ferrer was too good looking to be covered up. Agreed. He was agreed. Yes. Agreed. Yes. Good call. Agreed. Good call. Um. So Rachel Weiss was not a big fan of horror films. I don't think you've seen the right one, Rachel. We we can help you out with that. We'll give you a personalized list. Yes. But she did not see this film as such. As an interview, she said it's h- hokum. It's a comic book world. Which, understand, comic books can be horror, too. I mean, 30 days back. Alaska still has not checked in with us. Please check in. <laughs> I think they're out of their thir- their period of nighttime, but please. Yeah, they definitely um, are. Yeah, so this was not shot in Egypt. Um. It was not able to be shot in Egypt because of the unstable political conditions at the time. So um, what we mean by that is this was shot in Morocco. The production had the official support of the Moroccan army and cast members had kidnapping insurance taken out on them. A fact, Stephen Summers disclosed to the cast only after shooting had finished.
1: Well, yeah you don't tell people that you might be kidnapped they won't
2: do it <laughs> that's
0: horrible. dude yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's bad you know what's even worse um the, the scene in the beginning where Imhotep is mummified freaked out Arnold Vosloo so bad he had to be in bandages for four hours to film the scenes where he's wrapped and put in his tomb
1: I mean, yeah, because that's kind of claustrophobic. That's kind of tight quarters. hmm And having, yeah, I, no, I couldn't do
0: it. So another, this is, this is for all those girlies out there that wants to know this fact. Uh, during the scene where Imhotep is raising the sandstorm in the desert, the camera had to quickly pan up the wind machines being used Kept blowing Arnold Vosloo's cape up, exposing his backside. Not mad at nice. it. Is.
1: Not mad. Intrigued, so, but
0: so towards the end of the movie, if you see where um, Jonathan Hannah's um, hand, he's got like that thing on his hand, the brace, like that seems to appear out of nowhere. That is because during filming he sprained his wrist and had to actually have a brace put on so that's why it just like shows up um so i mean people were just getting getting wrecked left and right yeah it was bad thank you guys you're real thank you for muscling yeah because... because yeah um Arnold Vosloo understood the approach that Stephen Summers was going for in his screenplay, but only agreed to take on the role of Imhotep if he could do it absolutely straight from Imhotep's point of view. This is a skewed version of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: I think I think a better version of Romeo and Juliet.
0: Yeah, it's not as creepy. I mean, like, I mean, they were young, but like. Not as you know what I mean, like Romeo yeah. and Juliet. Yeah, not that's like, a little not like it's sus. The other yeah, it's sus.
1: That's the word.
0: So, um, the novelization of the movie gives some details that probably would have been difficult to convey in the movie, such as some of the effects of the Carnahan's backstory and the cause and effect of their parents' death. Among other things, pouring the scarabs into Inmotep's sarcophagus wasn't just to torture him further. It's an ancestral part of the ritual that would eat his flesh and when he became desperate, he would eat them and this would continue for years. This dark mockery of the cycle of life was an important aspect of making him immortal so he would suffer forever. There was a lot more detail in the original script that was cut for pacing, including an expansion in Imotep's backstory, the rest of the plagues, and tidbit explanations on minor issues. So
1: Yeah, because didn't we only see three or four of the plagues?
0: Yeah, we only saw a couple. Yeah. Um, in the opening, it was originally planned to open the film with the old black and white Universal logo as previously used for the Universal Monsters. Which had been used in the beginning of The Mummy, which came out in 1932. Um, And it would dissolve into the blazing desert sun. Stephen Summers actually did do this effect when he later did Van Helsing. Mm -hmm. So, which, I mean, give it up to Stephen Summers. He kind of low key for a little bit held it down for the Universal Monsters because he did this with The Mummy series. And then he goes on to do Van Helsing where he cohesively put together a movie with Dracula, Frankenstein and the werewolf. So um, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, I mean you think about it, he mm-hmm. if he had been given more to do with where would that have gotten us? Like that could Invisible have told yeah
1: just
0: some more greatness the line think of my children given by benny in the scene aboard the riverboat was ad lived by his actor kevin j o'connor so um motion capture was chosen to use in this movie for the mummy so imitette would move as a human not a magical being stephen summers didn't want a guy shuffling around in bandages I think that is what makes this more scarier is the original, you know, Boris Karloff. What made it scary is Boris Karloff, like Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi were two people who knew how to be naturally terrifying when they were asked to put that on. So they carry that. Um, But it was hard to make it terrifying in that level. So I think this is one of those instances where You know, from time to time, I think we do need to go back and refresh things. And I think that's why this movie is so successful is because it does bring so much depth um, and terrifying because like a a mummy moving around in bandages. Yeah, that's scary. But something that's like fluid and human like on this level is even more terrifying because it's like it's not just this mummy walking around it's him, like the bandages aren't like it's part of him and yeah. Yeah. he's slowly turning back into a human which means you have this window of time to not be fucked Pretty so, much. that's it's it's scary so um according to Seymour Summers the hardest thing about the movie was the blend of humor and horror he said I didn't set out to make a straight horror movie Um, Which you have to respect that because I do think if this was made as just
1: a clear cut,
0: a clear cut, like the same, you know, version that Boris Karloff gave us in 1932, it wouldn't have as cult fall. I mean, you let's just talk about the elephant in the room. You get that with the 2017 version. Um, I hate to say it and I'm somebody that, you know, I feel like films need to be periodically like refreshed Refresh. in a certain way and stuff and everything's worth a watch. Um, the 2017 film did not work. No. And I think a, there were a lot of things that led to that and we're not going to get controversial in that. Um, the horror fans know, they know why that really didn't work out. But the whole dark universe, that was exciting. That was exciting to think that we would have something that would tie everything together. I don't think that that was the film that it needed to be hitched on. If they had tied that vehicle up to like Dracula Untold, I think that would have been a lot better because that was a more solid film. Um, The Mummy, I feel like the biggest mistake was letting tom cruise switched the perspective of him being the main character from the mummy i think if they had let the female mummy be more of the main character and that was the whole point of the dark universe was to kind of humanize these characters in dark and profound morally gray ways it didn't do that it didn't i think Imhotep has more of a morally gray quality than the 2017 movie which sucks because i i had high hopes
1: we i think the ones who grew up watching the 1999 version were super excited for the new adaptation but was sadly let down unfortunately
0: yeah i mean it's interesting though because now we're seeing the renaissance of that um where they are building upon that universe you know the dark universe is coming back they have epic universe coming to universal and they are building a whole land based on the universal monsters so that means frankenstein dracula bride of frankenstein uh creature from the black lagoon invisible man wolf man the mummy all of them are going to have a home Um, And the biggest thing is with the success of Invisible Man, um, which Zane and I actually saw together right before lockdown, Um, with the success of that, Blumhouse has been given kind of the keys to the kingdom when it comes to universal monster movies.
1: Which I am super excited for, especially with how well
0: Mm -hmm. Blumhouse
1: has taken certain projects and turning them into holy shit what did I just watch in a good
0: way yeah no and I think that would be in the fact the way that they took Invisible Man Mm -hmm. and I am the biggest like critique when it comes to Invisible Man Invisible Man is not my favorite monster I feel like he is a fuckboy. I've said this many times however the way that they use the Invisible Man as an allegory for emotional gaslighting and domestic violence and the way that they kind of treated that without making it a gimmick or really even kind of dehumanizing such a traumatic subject it gives me hope on how they see the future going because like the next ones that are coming up are um the Wolfman I believe not and Frankenstein and Dracula and I mean, This is where we're seeing some of those properties come back. Um, The end of this year, we have Nosferatu coming out with Bill Skarsgård and Lily Rose Depp. So we'll really get to see it. Um, Have you guys ridden the mummy ride?
1: I've never been to Universal. Oh my
0: gosh. (laughs) So that was the one fun thing I really got to do growing up is I got to go to Universal and being such a fan of the mummy I got to ride the mummy ride and that is such an experience. Like you literally at one point get put in a whole room where all the scarabs go around you. And I mean, it's just, if you love the movie and you love the culture and the history, even just waiting in line, like the queue and everything, like, you know, we live by Cedar point. So like we've been around like roller coasters and different things. Being around even just a queue like that, it was a whole other level. So if you ever get a chance, there are a ton of videos that do like the ride along um, on YouTube. I would definitely recommend watching it because it is so interesting. Um, I hope that they never close that ride. I will cry. They already took the great movie ride and the alien section from it. So please from Disney. So please don't not Universal if you have to do something move it to the epic universe like just just give it a little give it a little home off the side so or update it I don't know just just keep it keep it so because it because it's fun and I feel like we should have more movie more rides that are based on horror movies I think there are certain horror movie that can be made into rides that aren't as intense, or can be intense, but in a fun and exciting way. I,
1: what thinking of that? The first, my first thought was Killer clowns. Oh,
0: Imagine that, that being be, a ride, that would be sweet. Well, I'm excited because I know one of the one like ideas that they have floating around that hasn't been fully confirmed yet, but for Universal Monsterland is a jaws type boat ride but creature from the black lagoon and i feel like that would be cool like because i mean creature he's not he's i know one of your
1: favorites
0: yeah he but he's intimidating but he's not that intimidating you know what i mean like i would be around
1: with a swamp and he's just like angry like
0: he's basically like get off my lawn (laughs) yeah i feel like Jaws is scarier than Creature from the Black Lagoon. Like, Creature from the Black Lagoon just wants to be left in his lagoon. Like, other than that, Homeboy is ready to chill with you. Like, leave him alone, let him stay in his own area, and you guys can be neighbors, copacetic, like, crack open a beer. It'll be fine. So... (laughs) Uh, but they have confirmed other ones. I'm interested to see if they include the mummy in the overall ride because they did build. And Universal, you weren't slick for this because, like, you you built the Dracula's castle, and you're like, no, we're not building anything right here. Nope, it's not going to be a part. It's a dark ride. Dracula. They built Dracula's whole castle, and you're like, well are we just supposed to not think that that's what you guys are doing but it's going to be a dark ride that's almost in the style of the harry potter ride where it's like weaving in and out with an arm and everything i'm interested to see because obviously they'll have dracula they'll have the bigger ones will they have lesser known ones like i mean i wouldn't say lesser known but like will they have the mummy no. Will Not they have as prevalent as some prevalent. of the others? Yeah. Not as some of the ones you most associate, but will they have the mummy? Will they have Family Opera? Will they have Creature from the Black? The Mothman. Man. The Mothman doesn't exist in this, this timeline, but I mean, that would be a cool. It should.
1: I, sh- I, I tried. It,
0: okay. They should make a whole <laughs> land based off of urban legends. Could you imagine that? Like Sasquatch Ride? mothman land universal call me i got ideas (laughs) and universal if you don't want to call me cedar point i live by you call me like we could get some theming up in here right so i don't know if you know my number but find it (laughs) find it call me (laughs) so that would be perfect though especially cedar point because you're on a lake what's more mysterious than putting a bunch of urban legends on an island in a lake why is that such a scooby doo episode it really is <laughs> which i mean like that's that's a whole other thing too like i know we have peanuts but like why don't they have scooby doo like cedar fair y- you have six flags now too with you like let's let's figure this out <laughs> <Do> this. <laughs> Let's make the magic. Yay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
0: I'm tan. <laughs> Woohoo. So, uh thank you for uh staying with us throughout this episode. Let us know if you have watched this for the first time. No shade to anybody who hasn't seen this. Um let us know what you think though. Because I would be really interested to see what someone thinks about this watching it for the first time. If this is a staple for you though, let us know what you love about this movie. Let us know your thoughts, your opinions and let's let's, Kiki, let's have a discussion. Let's just get lost in, I w- I don't want to say Hamonoptera because honestly, no. I, I would think.
1: get lost in Hamonoptera.
0: <laughs> I mean <laughs> like yeah, but the fort I could fuck because like Evie's bed was beautiful. Like that was beautiful. Like that looked luxurious. It I made feel me like, want to have a canopy bed. I know. I'm like, I'm like, you could literally like. He locked her in that room. He locked you in that room with your books. Like to me, that's a like good. Right, right. Yeah. Like, thank you. I'm gonna go take a nap for a day and a half. And, this, and yeah. especially when you see their house in the second movie, I'm like,
2: and I, all the hell. <laughs>
0: For those of you who are not watching YouTube, you Please have to watch, watch YouTube because I don't know what the fuck <laughs> just, Zane just put his hands up, and balloons just went everywhere as he was we... talking about that. But I mean, that is the excitement because no, yeah. that house was dope. That <laughs> house was filled with artifacts. It was filled with books. I don't and know, you know why it, they tried. It. I don't know why they tried to downplay that as it was just like a simple country. That is a fucking like lord's palace like that has to literally like they had to have ab- bought into like an estate from like a lord or something like that mm-hmm. um they say at the one point in time that evie's pair even in-, in jonathan's parents were famous explorers so i almost wonder if her father yeah. <laughs> huh said <It's> dora <laughs> yeah i wonder if uh they almost like if he wasn't, like, a famous, like, lord or something. Or
1: maybe, possibly, Indiana Jones.
0: That's a multiverse I never saw coming. Maybe. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. that's, yeah. Who? Who? Listen, the legacy sequel I want is Evie and Rick, Scooby-Doo style to go through the different universal monsters. Like, Dracula, they got it. Um, Frankenstein they're on it (laughs) like I feel like my
1: favorite quote from the second movie is when the son is like um they're talking about the different types of mummies and he goes like well Rick is like something about how I'm losing it (laughs) something about well I defeated a mummy. Yeah, but it was the same mummy. Yeah, but twice or something like
0: that. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember <laughs>
1: that. I knew I would get there. I had to land the damn plane.
0: It's it's okay. We we okay. understand. We understand. We we get it. So yes. um no, I so Brendan Fraser, especially with all the press, you know, with the last previous award season with him winning for the whale um he was asked multiple times if he would come back and do um another mummy movie and he said yes so i would definitely like to see a movie <laughs> let's see if we can do it zane just cute i don't
2: know
0: what i'm doing <laughs> yeah balloons just keep coming out of nowhere you, it's you said, it. It, it It's because you said killer clowns. Now they're watching us. Don't say
1: that.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. So, But oh.
0: I would be very interested. Like, do you guys almost hope that because in the third movie, it was adult, their adult son. And it was Rick and Evie. Do you almost wonder if.
1: It's like a like, grandchild.
0: Yeah. Or would it be like. I almost want them to go Mayan. Kind of like how
1: Indiana Jones went
0: Mayan. uh, Yeah, but not really. Maybe in a better way. Like, I feel like Rick and Evie would be on the case better. Don't come for me, Indiana Jones fans, okay? Don't come for me. You're
1: just wanting to stir the pot.
0: (laughs) I don't want to stir the pot, but I'm just saying, like, I like Indiana Jones, but, like, I haven't seen the new one. It's a different. But listen, the only reason I would want to see the new one is because of Mad Michaelson. Like, and you can't oh, convince I was me. Say
1: Harrison Ford. Harrison I Ford like too. He's in.
0: But no, Mad Michaelson is he? He was Hannibal Lecter in Hannibal, and that man is the epitome of aging like fine wine. Like he's in his sixties, and I'm still like, hello, sir. Um, and you can't convince me. Even if he's a villain, I'm still going to side with him. I'm still going to be like, listen, he had his reasons, okay? He had his reasons and motivations for this. I'm still going to root for him. So I don't think I could I could handle the Harrison Ford and him back and forth. Because I would probably just be like, both of you have a good point. You both have a good point. But I think, I don't know. I think the mummy, like Rick and Evie are such a different vibe that it wouldn't be like an Indiana Jones vibe. Like they're... You know no I, mean,
1: I would I would say it would be a different yeah experience
0: because I mean like they they can't bring back Imhotep, can they so I don't know
1: I've seen some pretty crazy fan art about like resurrection and
0: okay so popular like, opinion what if there is something worse than Imhotep, and Rick and Evie would have to bring back Imhotep in order to stop? whatever was worse. Like, I mean, we did go
1: into Chinese folklore.
0: Yeah, what but if I mean, we went
1: into India.
0: I almost feel like with, I feel like you could go back to Egyptian culture, though. There has to be something worse than Imhotep. Like, I I mean, Imhotep, There's oh, yeah. there's no, there nothing oh, worse yeah.
1: than the plagues on Egypt. Right,
0: but I mean, like, I almost wonder if, like, a god gone wrong type of thing. Like, what if somehow, like, because of the Scorpion King and the army of Anubis, like, what happens if we end up with, like, a demonic Anubis that is trying to take the world over? And Imhotep is the only one who can stop him. So... Or maybe Imhotep and the Scorpion King. Maybe they have to bring Imhotep back in order to bring back the human version of the Scorpion King so they could all defeat Anubis. That would be interesting. So I would. We got ideas. We got ideas. We got ideas. If you need, if you, Stephen Summers, if you're percolating over there, you're trying to, we got some ideas. Call us. (laughs) At this point, I'm just throwing, yeah, we're just throwing the phone number out like hip you get a phone yep. number, you get a phone number you get a phone number you get an um, email you get an email you get an email <laughs> very true we um, all get emails so last thoughts about the mummy
1: cinematic masterpiece as wisely said from my
0: beautiful co-host thank you <laughs> I feel like that was a Wayne and Garth moment thank you so um Kylie what about you my two favorite things, toxicity and wholesomeness,
2: all in one movie.
0: <laughs> yes, that's the tagline. Yep. Um, I feel like this is the invention of Morally Gray. Like, we know he's Yes. Bad. We yes. know he's bad. But this is like the tip of the iceberg, right? This is like PG-13, it's everything. From there, you just... Or maybe we just have issues. That could be
1: too.
0: let <laughs> Let's, that,
1: but let's that bookmark work. that and save it for a later day.
2: Because we're literally declaring that this is a, a moment in history of, you know, morally great characters. Like,
0: well, it kind of you know, was. It was, though. I mean, to be honest, it, it is for a lot of people because it's kind of... It's opened the
1: path for different types of characters that we normally would not see.
0: Yeah, because this movie is made so well that even if you're rooting for one side or the other, you still have empathy for all of the characters. Like Because they didn't need to give Emotep a
1: background, but they did anyway. They gave us that because I think they wanted us to feel something when he lost his love
0: and yeah because in the 1932 version he is much more diabolical he has the powers of persuasion he very much so um is not a redeeming character the one redeeming thing about him is his search for his love but even in that it's not on this level so i think the way that Steven Summers did this. And again, we see this too in Van Helsing, like in Van Helsing, you're rooting for Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing, but you're also kind of rooting for Dracula as well, because like Dracula is just wanting to be a person. Like, yeah, he is a horrible, despicable human being, but he is a person who just wants to have kids with his wife, his wives. I mean, and listen, that's to each his own, but I think we see that from all perspectives and we we see everything in there. Same thing with this. Like you root for uh, Evie and Rick but then you also sympathize with Imhotep and you also sympathize with Artif You sympathize with Jonathan. I mean all of the characters you really kind of even the Americans like when shit goes south and they're trying to protect them from getting yeeted which by the way that special effect that they turn into like the basically like beef jerky <laughs> human beef jerky um that's all that was used from life force the movie which is another horror great um i i can't believe i just said that <laughs> even i say things sometimes that come out of my mouth that i'm just like damn that was bad <laughs> um but uh its finest adhd yay <laughs> um but I know no more balloons, no more. <laughs> now <funny>. it, now <laughs> <it's coming. laughs> so if you are not subscribed to our YouTube, please subscribe. You can watch all of our shenanigans, especially the balloons, the Um, But yeah, I think this is just a great movie. And if you guys see things differently, let us know. Let's have a discussion. We have one more episode in our Love hurts series um, where we're going to talk about some of our favorite horror couples, and round out the month of love. Um, but until next time, it's me, Cassandra, and Zane. and Kylie. And we are the HorrorCraft Podcast Missing Mary. Love you, Mary. Love, love you, Mary. You. Love you. And we will see you in the next episode. Um, bye. And stay spooky. Stay spooky. I'm a big